Hey guys, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. Earlier, I started to do a podcast a couple of hours ago and there was a lot of noise going on around my house, a lot more than usual. My neighbor was especially loud with his lawnmower. And then since the quarantine's going on, we have a lot more people in the house all the time. There are, well, I have a family of eight, but two are not here usually. So usually six, six of us in the house. And they were especially loud today. And as I was trying to record the podcast earlier, oh my God, it kept bothering me. I kept focusing on that, on all the noises outside and thinking about how that's going to sound awful on the recording. I started focusing on all of these things outside of me, seemingly outside of me. And then I was in this funky, grumpy, irritated state. And when I tried to talk about what I wanted to talk about, which by the way, I'm not even talking about now, that whole idea is gone. But earlier, trying to do the podcast, everything came out forced and stale and just blah. And I noticed it. This isn't like the time that I talked about in the episode Infinite Response where, (laughs) do you remember that one? It went for hours when I was trying to record the podcast until I realized I was not in my preferred state. I was in a nasty state, an irritated state. Well, in this case, I recognized it rather quickly. And so I just stopped recording, closed the computer, shut everything down, took a breath, got back into the stillness, just a moment of stillness, just a moment, just a few heartbeats worth. Drop the old funky state, that little irritated, stale, bland, funky state that I was in a few minutes before that. Just let it go and got back into my preferred state. And as soon as I made the shift, just a simple shift, getting out of that funky state, back into my preferred state, the tension headache went away, my shoulders relaxed, and my neck relaxed, and I was okay with not doing a podcast. I was fine with it. I never do this when it's uh, forced. I'll never force myself or do it when I'm feeling pressure to do it. Because if, if I'm feeling pressure or force, then I'm not in the right state to do the podcast, to share with you. And you would pick up on that immediately. So I just never do it. So I was fine at that point after shifting out of the funky state into my lovelier state. I was fine with not doing a podcast. Went downstairs to get dinner finished, cooking roast and rice and gravy and green beans. Mm. So I was finishing that up, getting it ready for everybody to eat. And then three great stories came to mind that I wasn't even thinking of earlier, the first time I tried recording the podcast. These three things had already happened, but I just wasn't thinking about them. They didn't come to the surface of my mind as great stories to tell you. That's why it's important for me to make sure I'm in the right state before I crack the mic and start talking to you. So uh, that's what I'm going to share today. Not at all what I was going to talk about earlier. Uh, I'll get to that some other day. But these three little stories that to, to show you how simple and easy it really is. Because you've been doing this all your life. And now, now that you're listening to me and exploring what Neville Goddard teaches, you realize that, oh, 
I can control this. I can be intentional with my imagining and manifest, experience some wonderful things in this life. And not just the big things, you know, the big three, health, wealth, and uh, love, but every day-to-day normal things, even the seemingly mundane things. And that's kind of what I'm talking about today. Just three ordinary happenings, but changed because of my imagining. Okay, so story number one. A few hours ago, my 19-year-old son started hollering for me. I heard him cursing. (laughs) Blankety-blank TV. So I went to check on him, and he has a flat-screen television in his room. And it was just cutting on and off. It would the uh, opening screen would come up for a, a second and then it would power off for a second back and forth off and on and it wouldn't stop even though he had he was not using the remote control so I told him to unplug it and give it some time to cool off and I just walked down the hall and just for a moment a couple of seconds just imagined hearing his voice saying dad it's working That's it. And then I walked back down the hall and told him to see if he can use the can of air duster to spray out the back of it to see if there's any dust in the panel of the television. So he blew it out with the duster and he said nothing came out. But I told him to give it a few more minutes to let it cool off and then plug it back in and see what's what. And of course, I hear his voice down the hall, Dad, it's working. So the television's working fine now. He even unplugged it and plugged it back in just to make sure. He wanted to make sure it wasn't uh, <laughs> it wasn't a fluke that it was working now. But I knew it was going to work as soon as I decided that it was going to work. And it was just that little imaginal scene. Now, it wasn't the scene itself that had any power. It was me moving in imagination, hearing his voice. And that whole little scene implied that the TV's working fine. And it is. It's working. It's still working fine. Okay, story number two. I'm pulling uh, towels out of the dryer a little while ago. And they were nice and hot. You know that feeling of you pull clothes out of the dryer and get them all in your arms and you feel the heat of it. And anyway, I like doing laundry. I know that's... I don't like folding laundry. I just like... I like the whole washing and drying thing. I like the smells of the detergent and all that. (laughs) I know, it's strange. So I'm pulling the towels out of the dryer and then it hit me. Oh, well, here's story number two. So let me go back. This dryer is about 17 years old. It's a very old dryer. And for the past year or so, it hasn't been drying as quickly as it should. It's uh, almost as if it's set on low heat, you know, even though I have it set on high heat. So towels would take hours to dry. Even small loads would take like three hours to dry. Way too long, a lot longer than it should. But I never did anything about it. I just, you know, it's one of those things that you don't really think about until you're at it and then you just forget about it again. So that's what would happen to me. I would deal with the dryer. Oh yeah, I need to take care of this. And then forget about it as soon as I walked upstairs with the clean laundry. So like I said, this went on for a year or maybe longer. This dryer not drying as quickly as it should. And then a couple of weeks ago, I'm dealing with the the damp towels and thinking, wow, 
this is aggravating that it takes so long to dry. It shouldn't do this. And then I kicked myself in my butt and said, Mike, what the hell are you doing waiting on this? Why not fix this right now? And so all I did was stand while standing there in the laundry room, imagined pulling hot, dry towels out of the dryer. And you know what I'm talking about, that really hot. You know, when they're when you just pull them out, they're really, really warm. And that's what I imagined doing, holding all these towels hot and dry in my arms with a satisfaction that the dryer's working now. And I didn't do anything else. A quick imaginal scene implying the dryer's working. I didn't take it apart to look to see what the problem was at that time. I didn't call a repairman, which I could have. But I let my imaginal scene do its thing, knowing that I would be carried across a bridge of incidents, carried through a series of events, like Neville says, to the fruition of my wish fulfilled. So that was a couple of weeks ago. Yesterday morning, since we're all home, now Kim is an organizer. She's never met a drawer she hasn't organized or a closet she hasn't refitted. <laughs> She's great at it. She's so good at organizing closets and drawers and just rooms in general and furniture. She was pregnant. This is a, an aside, but years ago, she was pregnant for our first son, Chandler, who's now 23. <laughs> I come home and she, the entertainment center. Now, these are these big, uh, you remember those old uh, O'Sullivan brand uh, those type entertainment centers that you can uh, put together, like an IKEA, uh, IKEA things. You have to you have to put it all together, but they're heavy. This was a huge entertainment center that filled the whole wall of the living room. I got home and she moved the entire entertainment center while eight months pregnant, all by herself. She dragged that thing across the room. So when she wants something done, she gets it done. She's always done that. And she was the motivating force to for every house we lived in. She was the one that decided, no, it's time to go. And she made sure we got what we needed to get to the new house. So she's great at that. And I, I love her for that. So yesterday morning, she was in that motivated cleaning and organizing mode. So I go down the laundry room. She's got the dryer pulled away from the wall. The exhaust hose disconnected and says, you need to come clean this. The exhaust hose was full of years and years worth of lint buildup. I mean, that stuff was hard and crusty. <laughs> so I clean all that out. And then I noticed in the dryer where the exhaust connects, it was a huge mound of lint and dust. And I cleared all that out and vacuumed it out. We put it all back together, and a couple of hours later, we're doing laundry, and I go to check the laundry, not not assuming it's still going to be damp, but just not even thinking about anything, just going to open the dryer, and the clothes were nice and dry, and that's when it hit me. Oh, wow, it's working. It's back to normal. So that little imaginal act, me holding the a big mound of hot, dry towels that I just pulled out of the dryer a couple of weeks before came to fruition just a couple of weeks later. And you can 
you know, I don't normally pick through the, to see what was the bridge of incident, what was the series of events that led to it. But in this case, it's pretty obvious that if Kim, you know, she's home during the day and so highly motivated to get more stuff done than we normally do. And she went to the dryer first yesterday morning to get, for some reason, to start cleaning behind it before anything else in the house, which got me to get down there and clean out the exhaust. And now the dryer's working just as good as it did 17 years ago. Okay, third story. We we're uh, doing, like I said, a lot of work around the house. Our downstairs bathroom, we're replacing the tub, faucet, and shower heads, redoing all of the, the fixtures. And so we have the, we're do, my dad is uh, helping me with it. I'm, you know, I'm f- nearly 50. He's nearly 80. But the man has built houses with his bare hands, and he can do electrical work and plumbing. He can do all these wonderful things and he can see what to do and do the math. He knows how to do it all. So even at this point in our lives, I'm still his apprentice when it comes to plumbing and carpentry work. But we're working on the tub faucets right now. And tomorrow we are supposed to get together and finish making the connections, reopening the water lines to the tub. And honestly, after today, I was really tired today. We did a lot. I was on the road a lot uh, and doing things around the house. I had the kids. We were wiping down walls and baseboards and cleaning out cabinets, a lot of stuff. And I just was kind of tired this afternoon. And I was thinking about tomorrow. And then this is purely selfish, but there is no desire that isn't selfish. Even if you think you're helping others, there is no, uh, there's nothing that you can desire that isn't completely uh, selfless. Anyway, but this was a lot selfish. I just didn't want to do it tomorrow. I was thinking, I'd, I'd rather just not mess with the plumbing tomorrow or for that tub. And I just contemplated it for a little while. Like, it'd be nice if we could just take a break, just relax tomorrow. But I didn't go any further with it. I didn't imagine a scene or anything. I just kind of let that roll around in my brain for a little bit. The, how nice it would be to not have to work on it tomorrow to take a break. Kim's going to kill me when she hears this. <laughs> anyway, a little while later, Kim suggests that we boil crawfish tomorrow. And by we boil crawfish, I mean watch my dad boil crawfish. He's got all the stuff and he knows how to do it. I help clean the crawfish and help him with the mechanics of it, but he does the actual cooking, the boiling. So she she wanted to boil crawfish tomorrow. Now, that's an all-day thing to go pick up the crawfish and get them washed and boiled and all these things. If you've ever boiled crawfish, you know it's not something that you can just do in an hour. It's an all-day event for us. So, we're boiling crawfish tomorrow and not working on the tub. Now, it is going to cost me more, a good bit more, had I just worked on the tub. Because now we've got to buy sacks of crawfish, and they are on sale right now. But the result of my, my pondering, my little imaginal act, even though I didn't imp- create a scene to inhabit, that was still an imaginal act, me mulling that around and feeling the reality of not having to do the plumbing work tomorrow. And as a result of that, we're boiling crawfish and it's going to cost me a great deal more money. (laughs) But it still works. I wanted to show you that story because 
even when it's, you know, you might end up spending more money, you're still getting your wish fulfilled. Uh, we're not working on the plumbing tomorrow. We're boiling crawfish. And if you never had boiled crawfish, if you live somewhere where that's not normal, come visit us over here. Not now. They won't let you. <laughs> but come visit us uh, down in Louisiana sometime during crawfish season, which is uh, January through May, sometimes June. And we'd, we'd love to boil you some crawfish and potatoes and corn and mushrooms. Now, personally, I don't eat crawfish, but my family does. My job in the whole crawfish boiling thing, uh, we have roles. You know, my dad, I, I'll, well, I'll buy the crawfish. My dad boils the crawfish and my family eats the cross, crawfish. So, <laughs> but we all have our roles to play, right? It's fun. They enjoy it, and I enjoy it when, if they're having fun. It's still going to be a great day tomorrow, spending time with family. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, Mike, social distancing, bro, it's just us. And come on, it's okay. So three little stories. The television, not working, a little imaginal act, hearing my son's voice telling me that it's working. And then 30 minutes later, the television's fine. No problems whatsoever. The dryer went on for over a year, not working properly, not drying as quickly as it should. A little imaginal act, a short little scene holding the mound of hot, dry towels that I just pulled out of the working dryer and feeling the satisfaction of the dryer working fine a couple of weeks ago. And yesterday... I was led to cleaning out the dryer, and now it's working just fine. And then me, thinking about how nice it would be not to have to work on the plumbing tomorrow, and then Kim suggests we get together uh, and boil crawfish. So even though I'm caught spending more money tomorrow, I'm getting exactly what I wanted, not working on the plumbing. So there you have it. Three little stories in my life that happened today and, and yesterday, to show you how everything we're conscious uh, of being and having is what we experience. Neville says that consciousness is the only reality and that imagination, our imagination, is our reality. What we imagine of ourselves is what we experience. is true, and not just to use as a tool to get things. This physical world and our dream world, our imagination, all of this is equally a dream. All of us has, not just has I am within us or God within us, all of us really are the I am spoken of in the Bible, the awareness of being. Each one of us, we're all one, seemingly separate. And it's not like, it's just me, Mike Brignac, in the world, and all of you are just holograms, just holograms that I'm projecting. I like to look at it as all of us are I am, this awareness of being, God, fragmented, individualized, individualized so much that we think we're separate and small and that God is up there somewhere. The more you explore this, explore your own consciousness, your imagination, you'll see more and more how 
There is no division. Even when it's, even the, those people that you used to hate and that spew hateful things, each one of them are just like you and just like me. And by the way, there is no one better than you. There are no ascended masters of, in, when we're talking of spiritual things. When you come across those people online and groups, just go the other direction. If God is one and each one of us is that, then how could any one person be better than anybody else? My dad can build a house with his bare hands. He probably could still do it, even though he's nearly 80. But, and he's a master at that. But it doesn't mean who he really is is any better than who I really am. I can talk on a microphone with ease, uh, working in radio and television. This kind of thing was always more natural feeling to me than anything else. I was fine on a microphone. Crack a mic open and I'm come alive. But now Kim does not like to talk on the microphone or in front of people. I love doing it. She can't stand it. It's different, but neither one of us is better. Like 2020 says, different is always better than better. But there is no true better when we're talking about people. There, there is no teacher that you come across that is better than you. You're only coming across them because your own consciousness, your imagining brought them into your life, into your consciousness. And look at it like that, that you're getting something from them that will help you because that's what you're imagining. But don't ever put anybody above you. I, was, I mentioned this on Facebook to Liz Luna and my friend Cindy. Uh, I think I pronounced her name, Legarada. Legarada. Cindy, a New York transplant to New Orleans now, and now a friend of mine, a fellow Louisianan. And we were talking about this, and I told them how I was in a couple of groups on Facebook where the leaders of those groups started talking about them being more highly ascended than the rest of us. And like Cindy said, uh, when I mentioned that, she said, uh, more like ass-ended. <laughs> and so I left those groups. Because anytime anybody's putting themselves above me and I'm allowing that to happen, I'm accepting that judgment, then what am I saying about myself? You need no one except your own imagination. Commune with your own heart. You have everything you need to experience the life you want. You always have. And now you know. You know you've got it. I'm going to end with a quote. Uh, this is about worrying. You know, we... And not just talking, not just because it's the pandemic thing going on. I mean, I used to worry a lot more before any virus thing came on the scene. I was a wor worry wart about a lot of different things. Crate, you might think they're ridiculously absurd things that I would worry about. But still, we all have our things, right, that we sometimes hold on to a little longer than we want to. So I want to encourage you to drop the worry and drop the whole notion of limiting beliefs and anything from your past that would stop you from experiencing the life you want right now. So this quote is Neville from his lecture, Our real beliefs are what we live by. 
If you worry, and it's a habit, you are disclosing a lack of faith in the claim that imagining creates reality. How could you actually worry about anything in this world and still believe that whatever you imagine will come to pass? For whatever you ask in prayer, believe you received it and you will. If you actually believe that, really believe it, not just give it lip service, you could not then worry. You couldn't. For worry is simply a confession of your lack of faith in the claim that imagining creates reality. Shoot me an email. Tell me your stories. Ask me your questions. Let me know what's going on in your life. Feelingtwisty at gmail.com. I love you guys. This is Feeling Twisty.